Well, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> My name's Pastor Aaron, and I am the... Hang on one second. <clears throat> and I'm the middle school pastor here at, uh, at Hutch First Naz. And when I was in the third grade... Uh, my family moved from Tennessee or from Michigan to Tennessee, and there is a difference between Michigan and Tennessee. Uh, for one thing, the way that people talk in uh, Michigan versus Tennessee, there are pretty big differences. Uh, you've got the northern accents, and then you've also got the southern accents, right? You've got the southern draw, so to speak. And uh, so it took me some time to get used to all of the differences. Uh, for those that don't know, right, up north, they will say things like, use guys wants to do this, and it's like a little bit cringy. I don't know why it's the use guys. And then you've got the southern, which is the, like, uh, y'all want to, y'all want to ride tractors and stuff like that. And so there's the northern and the southern. And so it took me some time for me to get used to that. And my parents uh, found this out at our, at my, I say our, at my first parent-teacher conference. Again, so I'm in the third grade, six or seven years old. My third grade teacher was Miss Coleman. She was great. Uh, and there, she's meeting with my parents, and she's like, Mr. and Mrs. Blank, you've got a, a, a great kid. Uh, Aaron, he's, he's really funny. Um, he's super kind, but he just doesn't listen. And my parents are like, what do you mean he doesn't listen? And she was like, like, I, I will call his name and he will not, he won't even like acknowledge me. He won't even, it's like he's either intentionally ignoring what I'm saying or, or something else. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just, I try to talk to him and he just, he won't listen. And this really confused my parents until she said my name. So Miss Coleman was a really Southern woman. And so, you know, my name is Aaron. And she said, Aaron. So anytime she called my name, it was Aaron. Aaron. And, and you know how like if somebody maybe says your name or you think maybe somebody said something that kind of sounds like your name. There's like, it like tingles your ear hair so to speak and you're like was somebody talking about me there was none of that like it was in my third grade year I was couldn't have been further from my name so I never even paid attention I didn't even know she was talking to me and so my mom was like I think I know what the problem is and so explaining to her he's probably not understanding that you're trying to say Aaron you're saying Aaron and so she finally fixed it and I started paying attention it was a miracle and so so names are very important. It's pretty safe to say that names are important and pronunciation of names is also important. And we are in a series called Names. And we've specifically been talking about names that God has changed. Last week, Pastor Kent talked about Jacob and his name changed from uh, Jacob to Israel. And this week, we're going to talk about a guy named Cephas. And some of you are going to be like, who? Who's Cephas? Well, actually, before Cephas was named Cephas, uh, he was Simon. He was known as Simon, and he had a brother named Andrew. And the two of them were fishermen. And until one day when... Actually, hang on. Before I, I tell you this story, there are actually three versions of this story. 
in your Bibles, there are three different versions of this story. There are four Gospels, and the Gospels are the story of Jesus written by four different people, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this story is written in Matthew, Mark, and John. But it's written in different ways in each of those stories. And the reason that it's written in different ways is not because one is correct and the other two are wrong, but it's because they were written for a different purpose or a different audience. So, for example, Matthew, whenever he would write, he would write for a Jewish audience. John wrote to convert people to Christianity. And Mark was most likely, at least certain parts of it, were most likely written from Peter's memory. But because we don't want to be here all day, we're not going to go over all three versions of the story. We're just going to go with John's version of the story. So if you have your Bibles, we are going to be in John chapter 1, verse 35 through 42. If you don't have a Bible, that's totally fine. It'll be on the screen behind me. So this is what John chapter 1 verse 35 through 42 says about this story. The following day, John the Baptist was standing with two of his followers and Jesus walked by. John saw him and yelled, look, there's the Lamb of God. When one, when two of, of his followers heard this, they followed Jesus instead. And Jesus turned and saw them following him and said, what do you want? No, he didn't say it like that. He actually said, what are you looking for? And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Which is a pretty creepy thing to somebody that you don't know, to say to somebody that you don't know. Uh, but Jesus' response was... Uh, Come and see. An equally creepy response. But Andrew was Simon's brother, and he was one of those two followers who were in attendance that followed Jesus that day. So Andrew goes home, and he finds Simon, and he tells Simon, We've found the Messiah. And then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. And then when, they, when they're meeting, Jesus looked intently at Simon and said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you'll be called Cephas, which means Peter. Fun fact for those of you, I don't know, you you might take this with you if you want, but Peter's name is mentioned 158 times in the Bible, but Aaron is mentioned 319, so you could do with that what you want. But anyway, so Simon has just had his name changed from Simon, which means the Lord heard, to Cephas, which means rock, by a dude he just met for the first time in his life. And he went with it. And, and so Simon walks up, and Jesus looks at him. He doesn't even introduce himself like you normally would. He, Jesus just is like, hey, you're Simon, son of John, but I'm going to call you Rock. And Peter just goes with it. And that's where the phrase, dumb as a box of rocks, comes from. That's a true story. I'm I'm kidding. That's actually not where it comes from. Um, What actually happened is that Jesus said to him, your name will be Cephas, which Cephas, when translated into the Greek, is Petros. 
And then the Petros, when translated into English, is Peter. So we call him Simon Peter because it's easier than saying like Simon, Cephas, Petros, Jingleheimer, Schmidt, right? So now most of us wouldn't accept a name change from a person that we just met for the first time in our life. I knew better when I was in the third grade, right? My teacher tried to call me a different name than what I was used to, even slightly different. And I was like, not even recognizing that she was calling me that. But Peter just goes with it. And it's not because Peter wasn't intelligent. In fact, it was because Peter was very spiritual and he was overly trying to be a follower of Jesus that he just accepts this name change that that Jesus gave him. And so when Jesus said, you'll be Cephas, you'll be rock, Peter was like, I'll do whatever. I just want to be a follower of you. And so for the last two weeks... We have been talking about these name changes, and when we said that whenever a person changes someone else's name, like they make their name something different, it is because they either have authority over that person, meaning like you have power and control over that person, or you have a very special relationship with that person. And in this instance, when a new name was given by God or by a godly person, the name would reflect certain aspects of that person's personality, their ministry, or their future. So this is the third week of our our names series. And in the first week, Pastor Kent talked about uh, his name was Abram, and his name was changed from Abram to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. And that's exactly what Abraham became. He became a father to many nations. He had a lot of kids who had a lot of kids and so on and so forth. A lot of you guys know the song, Father Abraham, right? I tried singing it in first service. Nobody else joined me. So rather than, I'm just going to spare myself. Okay. There, some of you have gotten it, but Many of you might not know it. Some of you do. But anyway, so Father Abraham is what he became. So when God changed his name, it was for the future. When God changed Jacob's name, this was last week's message, when he changed Jacob's name to Israel, which means God fights, all throughout the history of the nation of Israel, God fought with and against the Israelites. And so you see this all throughout the Old Testament. So when God changed Jacob's name, it was for his future. But when Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter, which means rock, it was a little bit more personal. And here's why. For one thing, unlike Abraham and Israel, when Jesus changed his name, he was face to face with it. He did it like right in person. And on top of that, Jesus already knew who Peter was. He knew his history. Peter didn't have to introduce himself. Uh, Jesus already knew his past. But Jesus, more importantly, saw his potential. And he recognized this is a guy who's got a lot of potential, but he needs a lot of work to get to his potential, to reach his potential. So Jesus changed Peter's name to Rock because he was going to be changed from a self-centered, defensive, overbearing man into a solid, immovable, strong rock for God. And for the next three years, 
of Jesus's ministry, Peter would play a really important role. And I feel like this needs to be said so that nobody is confused on what actually took place when Jesus gave him this new name. When Jesus said, like, your name will be Peter, what did not happen is Peter did not become a whole new being just instantaneously. Uh, In fact, all throughout, from that moment on, you see moments of, of glimpses here and there of, of Peter's old nature rearing its ugly head. You see this time and time again. So when Jesus gave him the name Peter, it was done so that he could give him a constant reminder of how he was doing based on the name that he addressed him as. And so it was like a, a little subtle message to Peter. So if Jesus called him Simon, then that meant like, dude, you're not getting it. Like you're, you're messing up. Like you, you don't, you're, you're doing the old stuff again. Like you, you can do a little better. And so that was what Simon meant when he referred to him as Simon. So when you're reading in your Bibles and you see the name Simon mentioned, it was because he was not doing the stuff that he was supposed to. And yet when he called him Peter, that meant he was applauding him for doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was reaching his potential. And so from then on, from like this moment on, whenever Jesus just called his name, it was a gentle reminder of, of what he should be doing. And it was also applauding him for doing the right thing. So for example, when Jesus was praying in the garden before he would ultimately be crucified, uh, he found Peter and a couple of the other disciples, a couple of other of his followers uh, asleep. And this is what he said. He said, Simon, note the name, are you asleep? Could you not watch for one hour? He was called Simon because he was messing up again. And so what's funny is that 15 times in the book of John, in the gospel of John, that Peter's name is referred to as both Simon and Peter. And in the same sentence, it would be like Simon, Peter, whatever else it was. And the commentator, the person that was uh, writing this description of of this passage that I was reading when I was uh, preparing for this, said that apparently John couldn't make up his mind on which version to use because his name was flip-flopped so many times. He would do really good and then he would do, you know, bad. And so it was just Simon, Peter, Simon, Peter, Simon, Peter. So he would use his name as both Simon, Peter in John a lot. I like to think of Simon as Peter's middle name. We know what it's like when, or a lot of you will know what it's like when your parents call you by your middle name and you're like, uh, now I've messed up. Like now I've done it. So for me, it's Joseph. Whenever my parents were like Aaron Joseph, like I knew I was in trouble. And so I wonder if Peter kind of viewed it the same way, if he hated it when Jesus referred to him by his actual real name in in Simon. And so it made me start to think, what would it look like for me personally if if my name were, were to be, you know, different? And maybe not called something totally different, but what would it look like if I was to be called out for the negative qualities that I was displaying in those moments, just like Peter was. And it didn't take long for certain qualities to stick out to me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm aware of the things that I've struggled with 
throughout all my life. Uh, these are some of the things that I've struggled with. Uh, selfishness, um, anger, um, impatience. Um, I, I've struggled with them my entire life. And so I know this. And so I wondered what, what kind of a wake up call would that be if those around me were to refer to me as whatever negative quality I was displaying, much like Jesus referred to Peter by his positive or, or negative quality. And so uh, it would kind of look, I figured it would kind of look like this, like, hey, selfish, whenever you get done with that, can you come help me with this later? Or, uh, hey, uh, angry, do you want to watch a movie later? Or impatient, you're just so fun to be around. It just, it's not, it, it doesn't feel very good. It doesn't make you feel very good. And so I have something for you guys. I want you to take a minute and I want you to think, what would your negative quality name be? It probably doesn't take long because most of us know where we fall short. Most of us know the areas that we struggle in. And so I want you to just think of some, some negative qualities that you would be called on when you are negative to those around you. This means, what if like a waiter or waitresses were to be, you know, taking your order and they're like, hey, impatient, you know, well, how, what would you like to eat today? Uh, how would that, you know, make us feel? What about coworkers or friends or family members? We all know where we struggle, but nobody would like to be called out for the stuff that we're doing wrong. But on the flip side, Jesus didn't just call him out for his negative stuff. He also applauded him for his positive stuff. So imagine if when you're doing good, you were given applause for your good quality name. And so maybe it would look like, hey, kindness, you're looking really good today. Or, uh, hey, you're doing a great job today, patience. Or I was thinking of taking self-control out on a date today. So they don't always, not all of them are going to sound as, as good and they're not all going to fit, but you understand the point. It, it would be nice to be complimented for our good qualities. When we are doing good, when we are meeting our potential, it would be great to be applauded for it. So I want to do this today. I want to challenge you guys with the Peter challenge. And the Peter challenge is this. Compliment someone by their good quality name three times today. And bear with me. Typically, it'd be good if you did it with somebody who's like in this room right now. Because if you start doing the negative quality thing, somebody who's not in this room, they might get really offended. Be like, who are you talking to right now if you, you know, treat them? So it'd be better if you do this with the people that are in this room that know what's actually happening. So again... It is compliment someone by their good quality name three times. Not the same person. Could be different people. And then call somebody out. Could be a different person by a negative quality name. And we're doing this because it's called the Peter Challenge. Because that's what Peter did every day of his life for three years. For three years, he was either called Simon or he was called Peter. And it probably wasn't even different based on the day. It was probably like every hour, maybe even sometimes minute, Jesus might refer to him as one or the other. And so you might not be sold on this challenge, but bear with me. Because the, the truth behind Jesus calling him Simon or calling him Peter was not to make him feel bad. Uh, it wasn't to uh, just only give him uh, a pat on the back for, you know, just doing a good job. Jesus saw his potential. 
And Jesus loved Peter enough to want to see him reach that potential. And so he wasn't going to settle for anything less than Peter's best. And he wanted Peter to understand that. And I wonder, what would it look like if we had the same mindset with the people that we love? If the people that we are closest to, we wanted to see them reach their potential. What would that look like for us? What would that take? How much more intentional would we have to be to help others really fully realize their potential and be their best self? On the flip side, how much better would we have to be personally to call them out on stuff that they're messing up on because nobody wants to to listen to a hypocrite nobody wants to take advice from people who are also not living in the right way but it is we need both you need to be living right but you also need to be able to be called out for stuff that you do that is incorrect now it doesn't feel nice when you're called out but it does feel nice when you're applauded for doing the right thing And we need to be an inspiration to other people as well as an encouragement to other people. So we inspire people by the way that we behave, but then we also are encouraging to other people. We're like, hey, like you're doing an amazing job. And so those are the two things that we can do. After three years of being with Jesus and and day after day hearing this difference there's a really cool moment that happens for Simon and it's found in Matthew chapter 16 verse 13 through 18 in it Jesus is talking to his followers and he says this who do the people say that I am and his followers answered some some people say that you're John the Baptist others say that you're Elijah and some say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets and Jesus said to his, his followers, and who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, note the, del, the double name, answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus answered, you're blessed, Simon, son of John, note the name, because no one taught you that. My father in heaven showed you who I am. So I tell you that you're Peter, Note the name. And on these rocks, I will build my church. In three years of ministry, God had only been speaking to Jesus. But in this moment, Peter was given a rare privilege. And so when Jesus was saying, on these rocks, I'll build my church. He was saying that there are going to be people that come after Peter. That Jesus, that God is going to speak to. And it's on those people that he is going to build his church. And that's exactly what happened. And so, again, Peter's name was a reference. His name change was a reference to his future. And so Peter, at no point in his life, was perfect. At at no point was Peter uh, the, the, the absolute, you know, pinnacle of himself. But that didn't stop Jesus from trying to get him to reach his potential. And that is the purpose of this Peter challenge that I'm I'm giving you all today. It is to inspire and encourage those around you. So again, you're complimenting someone by their good quality name three times and you are calling out 
someone for their negative quality one time, again, preferably somebody that's in this room. And the reason that we're doing this is not to just make someone, you know, feel bad or be like, yeah, that's what I thought. Like you weren't doing the right thing. It's not to make yourself feel better, but it is to literally love those around us. We know that those around us can, can and will be better if we encourage them and help them to see that they can be better. And so that is the entire purpose of the church. The church is, exists, the capital C church exists to tell others about Jesus and to, as scripture says, spur one another on, to push each other to be better. And so that is what I'm asking for you guys today. Now, it doesn't have to just be today that you do this. It would be amazing if you did it every day or a couple times this week and just encouraging those around you, helping them to see their potential realized. Uh, but again, that is the entire purpose behind the Peter challenge. And so it is my prayer that you all would, would take seriously this idea of encouraging and inspiring those around you. We exist to tell others about Jesus and to lift others up. And the best way that we can do that is by telling them. It doesn't help us if we never say anything, if we're like, this person could be doing better. Uh, or like, oh, I love this person to death, but like they're really not doing the right thing. How will they know if, if they're not told. But here's the thing. You got to do this in loving kindness. And there's a difference between being like, hey, like you suck versus doing it in a gentle and kind way. And so I'm not saying tell people like you suck right now. Uh, I'm saying, you know, you're encouraging them being like, hey, you could do a little bit better on this uh, and, and do it in a loving way because it all stems out of our love for other people. And it's what we're called to do. It is literally the mission that Jesus gave us to do. And so that is my prayer for you guys today. And so I'm going to ask if you all would stand today and we're going to pray. Then you're going to be dismissed. And I would like it if you guys would at least accomplish it, the Peter challenge today, maybe even the rest of this week. So let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you for uh, your word this morning. Uh, I thank you for what this means for us. Uh, I pray that you would encourage uh, everybody in this room to take seriously this concept of inspiring and encouraging those around us. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, you would make us uh, accountable to those that uh, call us out, be, uh, open our minds to this idea of we can do better, uh, just like everybody else can do better, but we can be, be better too. And so, uh, Lord, uh, I just, we thank you for your many blessings. And uh, I just thank you for each person that is here today, that is hearing this message. And uh, it is in your name we pray. Amen.